Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. like preaching. I might just have y'all step here with an organ. Amen. We might just have church this morning. Look at your name and say, we don't have church. I'm going to have them turn the ACs off across all locations where people start fanning themselves. We don't have church up in here. Come on, somebody. And I'm so honored to be preaching the word to you today. And uh, I feel I really have a strong word from the Lord to you. But before I dive in, I just want to honor Pastor Aaron, Pastor Katie Burke. Can we celebrate them? I know you guys are watching. We love y'all so much. We're so grateful for you. And Lexi and I love y'all. We're so grateful for the impact you've had on our lives. And I also want to take a moment right here and say, listen, if you're in middle school, you're in high school, do not miss Vibe this Thursday. Like, come. It's going to be incredible. Time to encounter Jesus. So make sure you're there this Thursday. Doors open at 6, starts at 7. So make sure you are here in our South Tampa location. It's going to be awesome. Uh, well, this morning, I'm going to share, jump right into our B-list sermon series that I, I've enjoyed. I can't wait to hear Pastor Aaron's message next week, and I'm pumped to be able to share and, and, and release this word to you today, because even as I was beginning to pray about this, you know, my mind was like all over the place of what B-lister from the Bible I want to pull from. Like, there's one lady from the book of Judges named like J.L. Who, who drove a tent stake into a dude's head. That's like a really awesome story and very encouraging and edifying, um, but I decided not to go that route, uh, and, and as I continued to pray, I felt the Lord and uh, the Holy Spirit just began to spark this in my heart, this word about this individual that uh, you've probably heard of, but honestly, he carries, he paints such a beautiful picture of what I believe us Christians are called to do, and you know, it's easy just to read over where he's at in scripture. You might have heard of him, you might not have, but this morning, I want to preach to you about Simon, and you can write that in your notes, Simon Take up your cross. <laughs> we are called to take up our cross. Let me read to you the portions of Scripture where we find Simon because he's in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And those are referred to as the synoptic Gospels. He's in all three. He's mentioned by name in all three, which really shows the significance of this story. That not only is he in here, but he's mentioned by name. What, what does that show me? God's trying to show us something. Amen? And so here we have in all three, he's mentioned by name. I'm going to read these to you. Matthew 27, verse 32, it says this. Now, as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. Mark 15, 21, then they compelled a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. Luke 23, 26, now as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. Simon... If you're familiar, if you, you know, you maybe even watch The Passion of the Christ, you're familiar with the gospel story. He was the one who helped Jesus carry his cross to be crucified. 
And, and I, I think it's so interesting. Here he is. He only has really one verse uh, in each of the books. But what we read right here is so powerful. This is what we've got to understand. Here is the most important moment in human history. Okay? Literally, from the foundations of the earth, all of human history, this is the most important moment where Jesus is bearing our sins on the cross. He is being led away to be crucified. He's been betrayed. His disciples have left him. Pontius Pilate has has uh, condemned him to the cross. This is right after Jesus was tied to a whipping post and he was whipped with the cat of nine tails. His flesh is now hanging off of his back. His blood is being poured from his body. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind, Jesus' body is beginning to shut down. He just went through brutal, brutal torture. And now, whenever the condemned are going to be crucified, they then have to carry their cross to the place of crucifixion, they have to carry their own cross. And, and a lot of scholars believe that the cross probably weighed uh, anywhere from 200 to 300 pounds. That's a heavy weight. And not only that, but he had to carry it for 650 yards. That's six and a half football fields. And now, you know, you might be healthy. If you're healthy, that's still going to be hard. Amen. But not only that, this is right after you didn't sleep any the night before. All of your friends are left you and you've been beaten. And now you are losing blood with every single step. And you're having to carry the cross on your back that has been ripped apart. And here in this moment, we find we don't know whether or not the Roman soldiers asked Simon to help because uh, of pity. And they saw he was suffering or they did it simply because this man needs to get to point B so he can die. So somebody's got to help him carry the cross to get there to die. We don't know what it is right here. But as I read this, and as I read the story of Simon, I, I can't help but make the connection between this moment in the story of the passion of Christ and Jesus' teaching in Luke 9, verse 23. And we can read it. It says this. Then he said to them all. I'm about to say all. You know what the Greek translation of that word is? All. <laughs> Look it up, Blue Letter Bible. All. Everyone. He said to them, all. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow after me. I, we have got to understand that what we're witnessing right here, and, and as Jesus is carrying the cross, and Simon comes alongside him and begins to bear the weight of the cross alongside him, I believe God is trying to show us something through this text that I believe we are called to carry even in today. You can write it in your notes at this point. Number one, cross carriers embrace death as the doorway to discipleship. Here, Simon is, he, literally, it's just he's passing through. He's, he, uh, you know, Simon, he's from Cyrene, which is modern-day Libya. He was from northern Africa. He was an African man, but he was Jewish. And he was in Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of the Passover. And while he's there, you know, it's like a car accident. When something's going on, everyone stops to look. And so this is what's happening. These condemned prisoners are being carried out. They're carrying their cross. So surely he would have stopped just to watch, to see what was going on. And when he stopped to, all of a sudden, he gets pulled out of the crowd by the Romans and saying, hey, you're going to help this guy carry the cross. And I, I think about it even in that moment. You know, I say, well, well, Simon didn't really have an option to carry the cross. He, you know, he didn't have an option. Ladies and gentlemen, 
We don't either. <laughs> Amen. He said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow after me. And, and what is this representing right here? Why, flesh, our flesh, everybody say flesh. flesh. Our flesh nature is the thing in us that does not want to follow Jesus. And in that moment, Simon was now stepping into carrying a weight and, and having to carry this heavy weight for a long period of time by himself along with Jesus who's suffering and dying right in front of him, bleeding out right in front of him. He had to take that step and pick up his cross no matter how he felt. Church, faith isn't about feelings. Amen? And, and I find this even in our life as a Christian this is what flesh, this is how Paul uh, lays out what our flesh nature is. In Romans 7, 18, this is how Paul describes the flesh. He says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is to present within me, but to perform what is good, I do not find. What is Paul saying right there? Number one, he's saying this, in your flesh, nothing good dwells. Oftentimes we hear people say, well, I'm a good person. You're not. <laughs> you know, I'm just like a good person. I just love cats and I love like doing like things, you know. You know why you do things? So you, because you want people to think you're a good person. That in itself proves that we're not good people. <laughs> Amen. We are deceiving ourselves if we believe that apart from Jesus, we're good people and we're just amazing. No, our flesh is selfish. That's why Jesus said you must deny. He must deny himself. You are denying yourself. What is yourself? It is that nature on the inside of you that wants things your way. You, you want to do things your way. You want to use people as a ladder to get where you want to get. You want to cut corners in life and cut on your character. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 we've got to die to that. Because until we die to that, we can't truly follow Jesus. Simon had to die to whatever flesh he had and get up under that cross in that moment. We've got to understand this. You can write it in notes. Taking up your cross isn't an option, but an a daily opportunity to follow Jesus. I, I have a daily opportunity to follow Jesus. What does this look like in our lives? It looks like... When we find ourselves in a situation where our flesh is wanting to do something uh, that is contrary to Scripture, we deny that and do what God has called us to do. Amen? Like, like whenever we find ourselves in that place, you know, flesh is that thing that makes us the most important thing when in reality it's not. It's Jesus. Listen to this quote from A.W. Tozer. This is so good. If you, if you ever need to be convicted, just go read some Tozer. All right? In every Christian's heart, there is a cross and a throne. And the Christian is on the throne till he puts himself on the cross. If he refuses the cross, he remains on the throne. Perhaps this is at the bottom of backsliding and worldliness among gospel believers today. We want to be saved, but we insist on Christ doing all the dying. <laughs> Ouch. No cross for us, no dethronement, no dying. We remain king within the little kingdom of Mansoul and wear our tinsel crown with all the pride of Caesar, but we doom ourselves to shadows and weakness and spiritual sterility. Thank you for coming to Radiant today. 
I can literally read that quote and leave it right there. But it's so powerful. There comes a moment in our life where we say, Lord, you are not just my Savior. You are my Lord. You are my master. What you tell me to do, that's what I'll do. Lord, I have no say. I give you everything. Amen. Number two, cross carriers choose Christ over the crowd. Cross carriers choose Christ over the crowd. In that moment, Simon was called out of the crowd, and he now aligned himself with Jesus Christ by carrying the cross through public. His disciples weren't there. Some of his loved ones weren't there. He was by himself. But Simon picked up the cross and carried it with him. I can guarantee you, he might have started off feeling awkward. He might have started off feeling weird and why am I doing this? But as he began to follow behind the beautiful master, he began to follow the son of the living God. I know his heart would have shifted. I'll carry this with you all the way. You've got to choose to stand out from the crowd. This is what Galatians 6.14 says. But God forbid I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Listen, church, if we've been crucified to the world and the world's been crucified to us, we need to stop trying to look like it. Jesus himself said, I am not of this world. Jesus was countercultural. Jesus was sitting with Samaritans. Jesus was talking to women by the well. Jesus did not go with the average flow of the day. He was turning tables over in the temple. Jesus wasn't normal. So we shouldn't be normal. Come on, I I hereby set you free from the pursuit of normal. Stop living for the American dream and start living for God's dream for your life. You will never find satisfaction in your house, in your square footage, in your leather seats, in your car. You will only find it in him. Come on, give God some praise if you believe he is the way, the truth, and the life. Man, I've, tra- I've tasted the world. It ain't worth it. Amen? Like... He, in him, we have life and life more abundantly. I'm not going to trade that for, for trying to look like the world. He, I, I truly believe that as we step into that place of following after Jesus. And man, I'm telling you there's freedom when we say, I'm denying myself taking up my cross. Because listen, you can spot a cross carrier. What does the Bible say? You will know that they are Christians by their controversial Facebook posts. I think that's what it says. You will know they are Christians by the Jesus fish on their car. But some of y'all need to be taking that off because you drive bad. Amen. You will know they are Christians by their love. And listen. You want to carry your cross? Go into work every, tomorrow and love people. Amen. Love is so countercultural that we can't truly love until we die to ourselves. Why? Because we're so busy loving ourselves, we can't actually love others. But when we die to ourselves, that's when we can actually love people. And they won't be seeing you. They won't be seeing me. They'll see the love of Christ through us. And they'll be coming to you saying, hey, I don't know what's different about you. I don't, well, I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know what happened to you. But ever, whatever you want, I want it. Whatever you have, I want it. Time for us to step out from the crowd. Number three, cross carriers raise up Christ followers. Cross carriers raise up 
Christ followers. I find it so interesting that in the Gospel of Mark, when he, uh, when when Mark points out Simon, he's referred to as the father of Alexander and Rufus. Aren't you thankful your name ain't Rufus? Amen. Father Alexander and Rufus, and and. A lot of scholars believe if you flip over to Romans chapter 16, uh, as Paul is finishing up his book of Romans, uh, he, he says, greet Rufus. A lot of people believe that the Rufus there in Romans 16 is the same Rufus in the book of Mark. And you got to think about all this. Simon carried the cross in that moment. He probably didn't want to. He, he, everybody was watching, and he was pulled out of the crowd, began to carry the cross. But listen, one act of carrying the cross caused his children to go down in history. And parents, it's time for us to take up our cross because we got people watching us. And listen, if you don't have kids, don't don't tune me out. I'll relate this to your fur babies later. Like, don't if you don't have kids, don't tune me. I have something to connect with you in just a minute. But let me just talk to our parents for just a second. As parents, we got to understand they're gonna follow what we follow. You can write in your notes this way: Don't give them rules to obey. Give them a model to follow. You know, I was, um, uh, I found this guy on Instagram who's like jacked. He's like, like, bro, like for real. <laughs> like he's just like a walking muscle, just like a monster. <laughs> like his arms never come down, like, like legit a monster. <laughs> he's this giant beard, this long hair, just a beast, okay? Well, I, I, I started, you know, Instagram uh, scrolling through his thing and listening to all of his videos and reels and and um, so anyway he, he he has this whole lifestyle that he implements and one of his things he eats a pound of raw liver every day which I ain't doing that no thank you um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, um, I'm good and um, <laughs> he's he's out there man if you're watching we'd love to you to come to Radiant um, <laughs> but he uh, I, I he, one of the things when reason why he got so healthy was because he noticed his kids were struggling in school. They had allergies all the time. He'd take them to the doctors. They're just giving them all the, like, there's no really solution for what his kids were going through. And so then he cha- they changed their whole lifestyle. Now he said, my kids are faster than all the other kids. They're smarter than the other kids. are excelling in every area of their life. So I was like, hey, I want my, my kids being faster and smarter. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I, I was like, hey, man, like, do you have any uh, tips on how you can implement in the life of these children. He said, yeah, don't preach it to them, live it. So thank you, Instagram influencer, for convicting me. Like, and, But I thought, how true it is. Listen, they need someone to look to. And I don't know about you, but I want my kids to see me burning for Jesus. I want my kids to see me in church with my hands lifted and tears streaming down my face. I want them to say, Daddy, why do you dance in worship? And I'll tell them it's because Jesus set me free. I'm not who I used to be. One day I'll tell you the rated R version of my life. But who I am today isn't who I used to be. That's why I dance. That's why I worship. That's why I shout. I want them to say, Daddy, why are you up so early in the morning reading your Bible and praying? And I said, come, come on, come on. Let, let's pray together. We've got to understand that discipleship begins at home. Let, let's model this to our kids. And I, 
I just can't help but wonder what Simon told his children after he carried the cross behind Jesus. That man named Jesus. Daddy, was the cross heavy? Yes, it was heavy. But that man was beautiful. There was something, I can't can't put my finger on it. I stuck around for the crucifixion. As I'm telling you, when we see Jesus, we'll lead our kids to see Jesus. So when I was growing up, you know, we didn't have an option whether or not we want to go to church. (laughs) Amen. Like, Like I remember my prayer life dramatically increased Sunday morning when the sun would come up. And I'd be like, Lord, please don't let us go to church today. That's terrible. The Lord was like, I, you like, like, like the Lord would be like, yes, son. You do not have to go worship me. I'm so like ridiculous. I like, literally, and then I put on this itchy polo shirt and these khaki pants and the braided belt. You know what I'm saying? That was always too long and you had to like tuck it in and these stupid shoes. Like, and I remember I would go. And we would go. And listen, there were no such things as like students you go off here. I remember one night, I was like eight. And we had like a special speaker speaking on the rapture. He had this whole thing on the behind him with like a layout of like the timeline of the rapture. I was like, now, well, this is where the Antichrist will come in the mark of the beast. I was seven. I was like, wow. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know? Like, I didn't know. But little did I know, just by me being in the atmosphere, something was changing in me. Something was moving in me. I I didn't understand the worship songs. I didn't understand fully the messages. But there would come a time where on a Sunday morning, they would start singing a song. And I would feel God begin to move on my heart. And tears begin to pour down from my eyes. And I'm telling you, if there's one thing I'm thankful for, I'm glad my parents just kept on bringing us to church. Bringing us to church. Bringing us to church church they modeled the lifestyle I'm living right now they need to see you carrying the cross they need to see you following Jesus they need to see you being a disciple the last point you can write this down in your notes cross carriers experience the reward of relationship the reward of relationship and, you know, I, I want to encourage you today, like, this, let me just say this. This isn't a heavy message. You saying I have to die? Like, oh, like, are you kidding me? I, like, I don't know what that means. Like, you're telling me I'm having to die to myself? But we were never meant to focus on the cross. We were meant to focus on him. We were never meant to make this about what we have to lay down and what we have to give up. It was always meant to be about Him. Because when it ceases to be about Him, that's where we lose the joy of following Jesus and we get into the works of following Jesus. Let me tell you this, just on that topic. Salvation is free. It's free. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. He loves you, period. He he died on the cross for your sins, and salvation, life transformation is absolutely free. Salvation is free. Christianity is costly. We have to die to ourselves to say yes to Him. Listen, you can put it in your notes this way. What starts as a discipline will eventually become desire, then turn into a delight. And, and what I believe in our walk with the Lord 
is yes, it's, it's challenging. Man, I look back over my history with the Lord and I remember there being times where, you know, when the first things that happened, I was 16 years old, I gave my life to Jesus at a church camp. I got saved on a Monday night, I'm sorry, on a Sunday night. On a Tuesday night, the Lord spoke to me and said, Jacob, I want you to quit football. What? Like, I was from Alabama where football's what you do. <laughs> Amen. Jacob quit football. And that was the first moment where I had to choose, am I going to pick up my cross and follow? Or am I going to try to do it my own way? Not too long after that, I was dating a girl. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Jacob, break up with her. The Lord, we love each other. Oh my gosh. I was 16 years old. You can't, you're not allowed to talk about marriage until you pay at least one bill in your life. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> at least one bill. Or at least you do one load of laundry ever. Then maybe. It was another opportunity. Lord, am I? And I found throughout my Christian life, it still happens. You never graduate from this. Paul said this, I die daily. We never graduate from the cross. He said this, deny yourself, take your cross daily and follow after Jesus. It says Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every single day. And he's going to ask us to lay us down. But, 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 but it, it stops being as painful. Why? Because it's not about the sacrifice. It's about him. We can read this in Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run this race with endurance. Here's our, this is how we have to do it. Verse number 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. So listen to saying Jesus is our example. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's our example. He's the way. He's, that's who we look to of how we do this. Looking unto Jesus. Why did Jesus go to the cross? I believe Number one is obedience to the Father. He loved the Father. He wanted to walk in obedience. But also at the same time, who, what was the joy set before him? You were. You were the joy set before him. He knew that one day you were going to come in hurting and broken and bound. And his mighty love was going to draw you close to him. You were the joy set before him. So, so then I must then look and say, okay, if I'm supposed to look at Jesus and how he did it, what's the joy set before me? What is the joy that is set before me? Each time he asks me to lay something down, each time he has me say yes to something, each time he has me follow him out of obedience, what is the joy set before me? It's Jesus. Oh, it's Jesus. And I'm telling you today, I don't care what your story is. I don't care what you've come from. He is better. He will always be better. There's no one like him. There's no one beside him. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of it all. Come on, you can stand all over the room. He's worthy 
of it all. He is. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's, he's, he's the beautiful one. He's the one that the Bible says he's the fairest amongst 10,000. He is the beautiful one. And I know if we were to sit here and we're to say, man, I might have some cool stuff. I might have some things. But listen, the toys of this world are nothing to compare with the beauty of Jesus. He's better, he's better, he's better, he's better, he's better in Brandon, he's better in North Tampa, he's better in South Tampa, he's better in St. Pete, he's better in Heights, he's better, he trumps everything. And what I want us to do this morning is I just believe we're in a moment where we say, you know what, he is better. He is better, and he's worthy of my everything. Even the little things in my life I might be holding back on. I want to surrender all to him. So right now, across all locations, I want us to sing this song. And I, I, I want it to be more than just words. I want it to be a prayer straight to the Lord. Come on right now. Let's just begin to sing this to the Lord. Let's make this the prayer of our hearts right now. Surrender Little did I know my act of obedience as a 16-year-old is impacting my life as a 31-year-old right now. Little did I know breaking up with that girl as a teenager led into me falling in love with the love of my life. He's got something better for you, church. Right now, all over the room, if that's you, you say, man, I'm wanting to surrender. I need to lay this down this morning when no one look around. I just want you to lift both hands in the air right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I declare over these people. 
they're saying yes to you. Man, I just feel the Lord right now. Some of you, I, I just keep feeling the Lord just hit that He's proud of you. This this pleases His heart. Like that he, He's moved by your obedience this morning. Lord, I pray over every person right now with their hands raised, Lord. Let your love just be poured out over them like never before. Let them know how proud you are of them today. There's another group of people in the room right now. You're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you want to follow Jesus. You're here this morning and and you're saying, I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to give my life to him. I want him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you would, lift one hand in the air so we can see you. Lift one hand in the air. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's all say it together loud. Let's say it across all locations. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead three days later. Lord, I give you my life. I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on across all locations. Let's celebrate those who made that life-transforming decision. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.